the world is becoming so hard. We are almost like missionary from the afterlife, saying to people, come on, there's a better world. Don't give up. Don't think that's the end of it. Don't think that the survival mode, you're living it, is the end of it. There's a magnificent world ahead of you. Uh, you come from an incredible world. You just forgot it to be able to go through this experience. But believe me, just be encouraged. You are not alone. You're never alone. There are some people, beings in the afterlife in, in that world that are cheering you on. It's extremely heroic. Welcome to the Spirit Sisters podcast. My name is Karina Machado, and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound, and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of sacred journeys, spirit encounters, near-death experiences, angels, mysteries, marvels, and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary people reveal their extraordinary encounters. I acknowledge the Darawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land of Sutherland Shire in Australia, where I live and record Spirit Sisters and I recognise their continuing connection to lands, waters and community. I pay respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Spirit Sisters. I'm your host, Karina Machado. Today, I have a Christmas gift for you. It's one of the most beautiful interviews I've ever taken part in. My guest is near-death experiencer Yvonne Sneeden. Yvonne hails from Belgium and lives in North Carolina in the USA, where she works in IT. She's had two near-death experiences, but the one she's sharing today is the big one, as she calls it. In 2008, Yvonne was diagnosed with arrhythmia during an extremely stressful stage of her life. As a single mother living in a new country, she was working herself to the bone to provide for her daughter, and she was utterly depleted an involuntary overdose of powerful medication she'd been prescribed to treat the arrhythmia propelled Yvonne into an exquisite light. I won't spoil what happened next. I encourage you to listen for yourself as Yvonne shares the healing moments that ensued, for she was healed in body and spirit, as she will share in her own beautiful words. Once you've listened to Yvonne tell her story, you'll know why I purposefully sought her out to be my final guest of the year. I wanted a story that could transport, uplift, soothe and encourage. A story to remind us all, at the close of yet another challenging year, of what really matters. As Yvonne says, in that magnificent light, I had no fear, no anxiety, no anger, no frustration. I was just basking in that everlasting light. Before we begin, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you for tuning into Spirit Sisters this year. I'll be back in 2022 to share more heart-lifting conversations about mysteries and marvels. In the meantime, enjoy a safe and happy festive season with your loved ones. May your time together be full of peace joy, and unconditional love. Hello, Yvonne, and welcome to Spirit Sisters. 
Hello, Karina. I'm so excited that you invited me. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show and um, and for your kind patience. We've had some technical issues, which, as you shared and as I've experienced before, is not uncommon, especially with near-death experiences. And I know it's happened to you before. It did. And um, oftentimes we have when we come back from a near-death experience, uh, sometimes we have our energy that is shifted and uh, the frequency. I mean, it's uh, it's another story, uh, that one, but uh, it happens. So thank you for your patience too. Oh, no. Well, as I mentioned to you briefly before we started recording, I first came across your story probably around five years ago, and I was utterly blown away, not only by the beauty of your experience, but also by the absolutely exquisite way you share it and the power of your story to inspire and uplift Yvonne. And I think the world is in such a precarious state at the moment from tragedy and displacement everywhere one seems to look right through to you know global um, climate calamity. I just feel like in these days in the lead up to the Christmas season, to the festive season, it would be just so beautiful to get a big dose of hope via you and your beautiful energy and your story oh thank you so much well i i do hope i will be able to to give as much encouragement as possible to everyone who listen which it is always as i said it's it's my gift when i know i encourage people and uh, i give them hope and uh that they have had a very precious moment when when they listen to my my story, my experience, it, it's a blessing for me. It's an honor. So well, I thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So you have had two near-death experiences, one of which you call the big one. And I know you have uh, shared that one in the past, Yvonne, but if you would feel comfortable with this, I would love you to tell us about it in as much detail as you like, as you feel drawn to do, I very much want to give you the podium today to share your story and the aspects of it which you feel would most serve us today. Uh, this is my pleasure to share. Um, every time we share our near-death experience, uh, we actually relive it. So you give me that gift to be able to to relive the moments, the beautiful moments that were that were spent. In, in the afterlife, we can say. So I, I was in the US, I'm from Europe, and I was in the US uh, with my daughter. And it I had, had moved to the US a couple of years prior to the experience and a few years, a bit more. Uh, and it, the experience happened in 2008 and I had moved in 2001. Uh, so uh, the fact of um, being on my own with my daughter and divorcing from an American husband, I had to just uh, deal with my life on my own. And I worked a, a lot to give a good education to my daughter, to give her uh, all the opportunities like any other uh, American child here at school, uh, hobbies, opportunities. So I worked day and night uh, a lot. And I developed what we called arrhythmia. And uh, arrhythmia is actually uh, the heart, which uh, is uh, the beat is accelerated without that you can actually control it. Uh, it's uh, your heart beats so fast that you, it, it's life threatening if, you, if it's not uh, uh, cured. And uh, so I was having that. And at the same time, 
I had, and that's another story, but I had had a lot of uh, a very challenging life and then ending up with that divorce and having to be on my own in a country uh, with my daughter and everything. So I had to spend a few years really struggling to get somewhere. And uh, all that actually created that arrhythmia and also an emotional um, peak of um, exhaustion. Uh, the two combines, uh, I went to the cardiologist in the meantime as well, and he confirmed, he said that I had arrhythmia and he gave me uh, some, I had the symptoms of arrhythmia and he gave me the medication, a medication to, to take when I had a crisis. And uh, so um, what happened is that I took the medication when I didn't have a crisis because for people that have arrhythmia, they will understand, but it's extremely frightening because you feel like your heart is going to explode and you can't control, you cannot lay down, breathe well to stop the heart. It's just like a machine, it's just, it's, it's just activated. And uh, so I wanted sometimes to have peaceful evenings because it often occur in the evening when you lay down. Uh, so I took those medication um, before. So sometimes I call it uh, that I unconsciously and voluntarily uh, overdose because when you take that medication without, uh, without having your heart uh, racing, actually it slows down the heart. So, uh, and that's what happened medically and it was confirmed by, uh, how do you say in English, an anesthetist. So here I am. Uh, I've taken the medication. I'm not aware that it is actually not good for me. And I don't know what I was thinking. Everybody would think, okay, it may, it's so obvious, but I, I wasn't thinking, I guess I was working so hard. I was so, uh, I was not depressed or, uh, you know, in a case of suicidal or anything like that. I just felt so tired and exhausted of being in this life on the, on this earth. And I also felt at the same time that uh, just before I took the medication, like a couple of weeks before, I felt that my, uh, my energy of life had actually come to the end of everything. Uh, I had, and if you knew my life, it, it, it's a very traumatic life. So uh, uh, I feel like the battery of me living and of my life on earth had come to the end of it. It was completely depleted uh, and um, that actually I had no energy to live, but that I wasn't suicidal. I just felt that's it. That's the end. Uh, I'm going to move to something else. I could feel it. And I called my sister in Europe telling her uh, that I actually I felt in Belgium, uh, I grew up in Belgium, uh, the country next to France for people that don't know where Belgium is. Uh, it's between uh, France and Germany and it's a bilingual country, Dutch and French. And I grew up in the French uh, language, actually in the French area of Belgium. So uh, I called my sister in Belgium and I told her that I had that pressure in me that I felt I was absolutely convinced 100% that I was going to die. And I had, but I had that overwhelming peace at the same time. And I felt I was going to be okay. And I, and I told my sister that I'm going to die in, uh, soon, but I feel total peace about it. <laughs> so uh, I, <laughs> it, it is uh, something else. And my sister was totally in panic. <laughs> 
and uh, but uh, and I didn't realize I was making her panicking because I felt so much peace about that uh, back then. And so uh, eventually I I took that medication. I I was just thinking, okay, I'll I'll just have a peaceful evening. So I had two my I had the first near that experience with the same with that medication, but then I will just focus this time on the second one. I didn't realize that those medications were creating, and I was told that later a heart stop or a sleep apnea, and I had both uh, both episodes. The first one was the sleep apnea. Uh, which uh, I was told that my heart stopped probably, I stopped breathing probably for more than four minutes uh, at that time. And in uh, the second one was the heart stop. So here I am in uh, late afternoon reading a book and uh, I had taken the medication and I don't realize it is actually creating those, those incidents. And uh, suddenly um, I am laying there on the sofa reading that book and out of a sudden I feel my organs shutting down and at the same time I'm slipping out of my body and I'm instantly instantly uh, uh, propelled projected propelled into a magnificent light I, I had no pain uh, or me, if I had pain, my, my conscious doesn't remember. Um, I didn't see a tunnel. Tunnels are for about 25% of people having an NDE uh, because it has been very commercialized and advertised in movies because it has that effect of visual effect, but not everybody has that. Uh, so for me, for that uh, experience, I was instantly projected and, and translated into that magnificent light. I, I was completely bathing in perfect, perfect love perfect happiness, the peak of happiness, of all existing happiness in every single dimension, in every single world, planet, galaxies, anything, any happiness that anyone could experience, that level of happiness was the highest that ever existed, period. It was just the most, the euphoria the bliss and euphoria I felt was everlasting. I felt eternal. I felt at peace, uh, the total peace that we have never felt on earth. Any feeling of negativity, of pain, of sufferance, of despair, uh, of anxiety uh, had totally disappeared. It did not exist in that environment. I had no fear. I had no anxiety, no fear, no, uh, no anger, no frustration. I was just basking in that everlasting love and light. And I was just there. I just exist uh, without even thinking of who I am, where I am. It felt completely normal to be, to be, to be in that light. The words that we have are so pale. 
compare uh, to the actual experience. So I, I feel so uh, honored when somebody can can feel that environment uh, with me as we, as I share. Um, and so in that magnificent light and feeling the highest happiness and the highest joy too, I forgot to say, uh, I was in that joyful bliss. Uh, Everything was joyful and vibrant. It's a vibrant happiness. It's a it's a vibrant joy. And as I was basking in that 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 level, suddenly uh, coming from a distance, so everything is bright. And coming from the distance, uh, I see coming towards me a being, a translucent being of light that was making its way towards me. And that being was translucent, translucent, so I could only made up the outer shape first, but it was all white. And it was even brighter than the light I was in, which sounds impossible, but it was because I could make the difference. Uh, and it was actually moving towards me. And uh, to give a visual to the, um, the the audience that are listening, the listeners, uh, it was like a round circular face and it had arms that were elongated like flames of fire, but instead it was light. And the legs were also elongated like flames of fire, you know, that end with a peak like that, but it was all made of light and very fluid and very, uh, very gentle, uh, it was actually moving towards me in a very gentle way, but it was in midair. So it was kind of floating, gliding, flying uh, for lo less of be uh, loss of better words. Uh, and it was just hovering and slowly and gently and those arms and, and legs were just floating and moving just like those fire the flame that are moving like that, but very gentle, very elegant. And it was just floating and it, it arrived above me like that. It hovered and stopped above me. And as it stopped above me, that face, I started to make up the feature on the face. I saw the eyes, the, the lips and the eyes and that uh, the look of love, look, that being was looking with so much love towards me. Uh, just like, you know, when uh, a mother look at her baby uh, for the first time as soon as it comes out uh, of her and she look at that being with so much love and, and care and hold that baby very delicately because she doesn't want to harm the baby, but she wants to be as gentle as possible. And, and that's how that being was with me was holding me and and looking at me with so much love and care and, and and kindness and and gentleness and and also some kind of pride just like a mother has pride over the firstborn baby and uh and as soon as as that being wrapped me in its arm with that love uh, i felt full kindness full goodness, gentleness, and uh, tenderness and affection. And suddenly, as that being wrapped me, I heard a voice 
that downloaded instantly into my mind, this is Jesus. And I know that some of the listeners will say, well, how did she know it was Jesus? Because, you know, maybe it wasn't Jesus. Maybe she was told it's Jesus, but it's not. Or she just thought that because I have some um, Christian background. But I just want to say that in that world, that's a human thinking because in that world, we have no doubt at all. Doubt is another stressful emotion. Uh, it's part of the negative, the stressful emotion. And, and there is none of that. Remember, in heaven, uh, it's only good. And nobody tricks us over there. <laughs> Everything is truth. It's actually the whole truth that you're experiencing all the time in the, in the most loving way. And, and that's how I knew it was downloaded to me. Like, there is no doubt. Uh, this is Jesus. And Jesus was so much love and so careful and so kind. I, I just felt that I was, I was with my mothers and dads, the perfect parents. And I say the perfect because I know that many of us have not had the perfect parents. Uh, the perfect parents uh, embrace. I was in their embrace, in the perfect parents embrace and, and nothing in the whole world would ever, could ever even happen to me. No harm could be done on me because they were holding me fast and protecting me. And that's how I felt in Jesus' arm. And it was indeed, a, um, he was a he and a she at the same time. So, um, and it makes sense because it's like the perfect parents. Uh, he was a he and a she and not a genderless being. Uh, it was a being that had both energy the feminine and the masculine energy into one single unit. I have never ever experienced that ever in my life again. It was just that perfect ideal parent feel of tenderness and love and he held me. And uh, Karina, it's just, it was the most amazing moment when that happened. I, I still have tears when I think of it because there's a lot of healing with that embrace. There's a lot of uh, comfort that comes, especially for a soul, that comes from Earth, where life is so difficult on Earth sometimes, and especially when we go through hardship, like people are going through hardship right now with the COVID and with all kind of other uh, other tragedy that's happening in the world. But when you come back there, it's like it's like a soldier that comes back from war and has been wounded, and then finally is home and loved by their by his his and her loved ones it, it was just that feeling you come back and your wounds are are being healed you know and when when i was in his uh, in his and her we'll say him for now because in the human mind jesus is a him and uh so when he held me in his arms uh, and i as as fantastic as i felt uh, i knew that uh, my time on earth was, uh, uh, there was counted that somehow, sometime, I would have to go back to earth. And um, back then I was dating a, uh, another person, another man. And um, as I said, I was in the Christian world and I, 
uh, in the Christian world, when you pray, you always pray to have the perfect companion. <laughs> and uh, and so here, uh, I was I kept praying, and then you always are so afraid that it's the will of God. It's not the will of God, the person you're with. And uh, you put yourself in a circle of anxiety because you always think, and if I'm meeting that guy or that, that woman, and it's not God's will, I'm not going to be in his will. And it's a whole dr a trauma when actually we can do whatever feels the happiness in us and God will actually be with you in your joy. <laughs> but that I learned after my NDE. Uh, and so I was still in that mindset because I knew I was coming back to earth at some point. I said to Jesus, well, what do I have to do with, and I call him all the time, I call him Steve for uh, his, not to, for privacy, not to say who it was exactly, in case he would ever listen to this. Uh, so um, I said, what do I have to do with Steve if you, if you bring me back to earth? And he said, uh, in that, at that moment, he lifted in the air and we are in that immensely bright light and uh, Jesus actually lived in the air. He, he has some feature now. He is actually, I can start to see more of a robe because uh, now uh, the robe is starting to be there, but it's still very a uh, hologram type. And uh, I see he has arms and he has hands now. He's taking a, sh a form uh, that I can actually visualize as a human form but it's still in a, a very illuminated um, hologram way. And then he takes that form and he is shifting the air. And over there, he opens a big screen, which is also lit up. We are in that very bright environment. Everything is bright. And, and then he opened that, uh, that, that screen, you know, like a movie screen. You are, you know, like the outdoor movie screen. <laughs> Uh, when you go in an outdoor movie theater and it's nighttime and you have that big screen, but except that it's not nighttime, it's bright, but you have that big screen illuminated. And actually there, there were two windows, one that says yes and the, the other one that says no on that screen. And then uh, Jesus uh, ticked on the no and he said with all kind of love, all kind of goodness, for Steve and for myself, equally, he says to me with all the, the gentler word, he said, Yvonne, you have to say no, no to the relationship. You have to say no. And while he was telling me that, simultaneously, you know, in that world, here on earth, we speak in a linear way with one sentence after the other, one thought after the other. But in that world, it can be stacked uh, hard, uh, vertically uh, and all the conversation, you can have like 10 concepts, 10 conversations, all in one same minute, in one same second. Uh, so while he was telling me, you say no to, to Steve, he was showing me the love he had for Steve. He was showing me that Steve was amazing, that love was universal and love was equal. Everything was actually told to me instantly, simultaneously. There was no judgment for Steve. And I said to Jesus, but why is Steve always so mean when we have a conflict uh, with his words? Why is he so, he used violent words and then Jesus then came back from that, that level where he was. 
and I can see him in front of me uh, in that light, but he took like some kind of, he went backward a little bit and he stood there in front of me within the light and he said very neutrally, like when you are, uh, you know, when you Google something, you get the answer. There is, it's totally neutral. It doesn't say anything else but the answer. You have no, uh, no judgment, no emotion in it. It was just the answer. And so that's how Jesus would answer to me when I ask him, why is Steve so mean with his word when we have conflicts? And I'm sure people can relate to that when they listen here. Maybe some people have been in that situation. And um, Jesus said to me, it is because Steve has decided to live his life on earth primarily with his mind. You have decided to live your life on earth primarily with, through your heart. And it will never work. He, he meant that it would never work. We will always clash because we come from two different angles of life. But he never judged Steve saying, oh, you're so much better, Yvonne, because you lead your life through your heart. There was absolutely nothing about that. It was just neutral, just like that. So I asked him a few other questions, uh, Karina, but there's one that I would like to share now because I think it's very... Uh, very much a, a big topic uh, in uh, this world here. And I never, I, I share that sometimes, but not always. But I think it's so important for the nowadays environment. I did ask Jesus, the earth was so far away. I had no emotion for earth. I thought earth was a planet extremely far, far away from where I was. And I, but I asked, so I had total detachment and I was not judging. I was just inquiring, very surprised and, uh, and inquisitive. And I said to Jesus, why are people on earth racist? I, I couldn't understand that from the angle of the light, of the angle of total unconditional full love. And, you know, he gave me an answer that is totally different than anything I would have imagined. Uh, Jesus, always neutral without any uh, judgment. Uh, he actually had no judgment. He, he told me very neutral. He said, Yvonne, it is because of their self-centeredness. I, I was really shocked because I would say something like upbringing, how we were raised, how our family raised, circumstances of life, trauma experienced from, by another race, education, culture, country, where we grew up. And I'm talking about race in, uh, race in every direction. I have traveled the world. I think the only continent I haven't been is Australia. <laughs> I'd love it because I've been all over Europe, of course, being in, in Belgium. Uh, through my career, my former career, uh, and uh, I've been to Asia, uh, to Africa, Latin America, uh, US, Canada, I mean, I've been everywhere except, <laughs> so I know Karina that it is a beautiful country, and I, I know a, a continent actually. Because I've traveled the whole world, I've actually uh, seen 
racism going into all the directions. So I'm not pinpointing one race here when I speak. Uh, so and uh, be, and and that question was very important to me because apparently I am mixed race and I have three races in me. So I actually maybe it was something that had stuck in my mind when I came back, you know, and uh, so. And Jesus just said, because of yourself. And, and, and what he was actually telling me with that was because when we are, when our focus of life is us, it's a me and the I, uh, what we want around us are people that remind us of how we look like, uh, of people that do things the way we do things, uh, that people have experienced. Uh, past uh, experiences just like we have that the same type of clan that we are uh, or and that actually look like us because we are the point of comparison and of reference mm -hmm. it's me I so that's in that sense that Jesus was saying self-centered not not in the sense that oh and he, there was no judgment it was not oh they're so bad they have self uh, but he was explaining that's the root of it and it kind of makes sense because when we decide to open up to the other in general, to the poor, to the, the unfortunate, to the difference, uh, to the another race, when we just say, okay, we'll step outside ourselves and, and, and reach out to the other, when that happens, our, we open up. And our fears and everything of the unknown, of the difference, is little by little crumbling to, to give place to, uh, to discovery, a positive discovery of the other. You know, it reminds me that in heaven, in that other world, we are all beings of light. Every single being is a being made of pure light. So it brings this racism is so ridic ridicule because it's like we decided, okay, we come to earth, we decide to come to earth as a being of light and everybody decide, I'll, I'll, I'll pick, I'll choose a red car, oh, I'll choose a yellow car, I'll choose a green car, I'll choose a small car, a big car, because you also have prejudice against people that are overweight or, you know, there's prejudice in all the direction in this world uh, because we are so focusing on the outside of uh, outwards look of people, which is a very big distraction throughout our life so that we don't get to this, the core of why we are on earth, which is the inward of, of everyone. And so we decide to go through a different color of car. And then suddenly we, we hate the person who chose a yellow car or a purple car. You know, it, it doesn't make sense because everybody inside the drivers are we're all the same beings of light we're all from the same family but we forget that when we come to earth that we're from the same family and we fight with one another and that's uh, the concept uh, that jesus explained it didn't explain the car and everything that's my understanding afterward my explanation he just explained the self-centeredness a portion of it but uh it, it helped me understand more and it, it was just an amazing revelation for me. That is an absolutely groundbreaking teaching, I think. I mean, a groundbreaking in the sense that it's not, uh, as, you, as you shared, Yvonne, it's not actually what we would immediately go to when we're looking for 
explanations for racism, you know, but it makes absolute sense. And interestingly, it also aligns with the teachings, the traditional teachings that we know that were Jesus's when he uh, when he was here and love your neighbor. And, you know, the, the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan, the person that helped him was the one most unlikely. I marvel at the beauty of the teaching and and the incredible wisdom in it, which to me really aligns with what we know of Jesus as somebody who who was so incredibly wise, or at least that is how I perceive him, a wisdom that was not of this world. Yeah, I, of course, I 150% agree with you there, Karina. Uh, actually, Jesus is pure love, pure uh, unconditional love, and he came to earth, he showed us God's love, creator's love, source love, whatever name you give, creator's love, source, great, whatever name you give to, to, to the one, uh, actually, he came and he showed us that love, what that love was, and how we could be carrier of that love for others as well. Like you said so, so beautifully by by loving the others just the way we love ourselves, by giving to others, sharing with others. Uh, and I mean, this was the most amazing. To me, that's the highest level of love is when you have a love that can give to others because you put that love, that word love in action. Uh, no, it doesn't, it is no longer just a, uh, uh, um, a theoretical, concept it becomes an active concept and as Jesus said as well when you give you receive so much more you feel so good when you have and many people will agree with that when you've done something out of the norm for somebody and you see their joy you, there is that joy that your heart becomes warm and you're so happy that, that you have done something. You feel like a hero in a way, you know, you feel like, oh, wow, I'm, I've done that. You know, it's, it's a good feeling to give. And it's an energy when you give, it's an energy of love. Every act of giving is uh, you're actually transmitting love to somebody else. And when somebody gives you an act of kindness, it gives you love and that energy enables you to live and to be happy. And that's why people that never receive any love are, are always rejected. And all those elderly people living in, in elderly homes that are not in contact on a regular basis with people that can give them love, they're dying out because they, we need love. We need that, that, that exchange, that human contact is actually a, a contact of love. It's that you're connected. And that love is go all the way up to the center of love of God and of the light. It's we all. It's like a huge web of light that we transmit to each other. And uh, if you don't, if we are not receiving it, uh, our energy is depleting a little bit. Like my energy depleted when, when I didn't receive any love. I was on my own in the U.S. with my daughter, always giving, giving, giving. I was just coming out of an abusive relationship. Uh, and uh, I, I felt depleted actually, and I didn't know anyone. Now I have a I have a huge net of friends here, uh, but uh, back then it was just. Uh, and and actually, so Jesus, yes, I, I will explain how. Yeah, now that we talk about about Christ's love, so when I was 
in after that moment of uh, him explaining that portion of of racism, he came back in front of me and he actually came to say he came to my left. He came to my left and he took a form that was even more consistent, more condensed, more uh, human. It became like more like a human, but with light inside. It was no longer that it had more, uh, it had a, di a dimension, if we can say, or a form like a, uh, a three dimension type of form, but inside it was still light. I, in that world, uh, when you look at people and beings, we we look like humans, but inside we are made of pure light. There is no bones or, or, or blood or nerves. It's just pure light uh, emanating out of us. And Jesus was just like that next to me, to my to my left and he he had now I could make up his robe more clearly. He had a white robe like like the ones uh, so you could see that it was more the Jesus that you think of. He had uh, he had those dark uh, brown hair and um, mid shoulder and he was about five nine I would say next to me if I have to give a measure. I love to give the visual so people can be with me in in the story in the experience. So he was next to me and here we are walking towards the lights we are in that light and he comes next to me and we are walking towards getting out of the light so it looks like that light we are now progressing into another place we are coming out of that light we are walking out and whereas we walk out of the light in front of me is that magnificent city that I would I was calling the crystal city, the celestial city, the heavenly city. Uh, it is magnificent. It's in front of me. It has uh, beautiful high buildings, very big, very wide building. Uh, it's white, but so so shining that it looks like crystal, like white goldish, uh, and it looks like crystal. It's a very wide avenue. The 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 sky is pitch blue it's it's totally vivid blue i don't see any any sunshine but it's totally blue and those big avenue perfect avenue and those big building and i'm looking at that and i'm saying i'm going home I, i'm going home and i'm so excited uh, I, I just start to to walk faster and i feel my energy going up and i say i'm i'm going home i'm going i'm so excited to go home and um, and Jesus is on my side. And as I walk, I feel like there's some angels. Oh, I'm sorry. There's some people in my in, in the back walking towards toward. You know, it's like when you're walking in the street, and and suddenly you feel that somebody will is on on, on in the back walking on the back, and they are coming uh, next to you. And I felt that. So I turn around to look at who was coming there. And when I turn around, I saw those children angels they were around nine years old i would say uh, about a dozen of them they had also white robe very circular face grayish silverish whitish uh, curl wavy curls and they are walking towards that city as well and 
the whole atmosphere is extremely vibrant. I, I just want to say that, that in that world, everything is vibrant. Uh, oftentimes, when we go to any religious church, temple, anything, everybody has to be in utter silence. We can make noise. But I want to say that heaven is a very noisy place, but in a positive way, it's very vibrant. Everybody's so excited because because actually your sense is at the highest level of, of senses of what you can feel and experience. Here we have that subdued uh, senses. Everything is subdued and, and also have been, we have been castrated of any joy or, or too much joy or, or showing too much. We always have to, to be controlled in our emotion, controlling how we come across, uh, uh, controlling what we say. Everything is controlled here. So imagine that world is like, we are, it's freedom. And so everybody is so excited to whatever they're doing. And those angels were so excited walking like that. And, I, and they had small wings. I have to say that that's why I knew they were angels. I have seen other beings that had no wings. Uh, I've seen beings that were no angels. I've seen beings that didn't have long robe because I had two NDEs. But uh, in this one, those, uh, and they are just walking. And one of them is looking at me as he passed by. And it was just normal to see me. It was like, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's Yvonne, well, you know, it's not, you know, it's like normal to see her here and and he's making his way to to walk further and then he looked back and he saw Jesus and when he sees Jesus that little angel his face shone it became pure light his face became pure light I couldn't even make his feature anymore it was just pure light and and then the other the other angels looked back too and when they saw Jesus everybody's just had those everything their face were were just shining and they all run into Jesus arms and by running into Jesus arms Jesus took them all in his arms and it's very possible in that world because you have you are made of energy of light so you can touch every single person at the same time and at the same intensity of love. There's nobody feeling left out like it would be the case on earth. And so everybody's in his arm and, and they're just enjoying it and it's joyful and it's happy. And at some point Jesus says to them with kindness, with a lot of gentleness and no rejection, Jesus said to them, it's Yvonne's moment. It's Yvonne's moment, which means that he wanted to focus that moment on me, but there was no rejection. It doesn't mean that he was rejecting them. And then he said with all the love he could, he said to them, go back to your mothers. And that's exactly what he said. And I know that I have some YouTube videos and sometimes especially my, my Christian friends and brother and sisters, sometimes will say, well, uh, there's no male or female in heaven. The Bible says that uh, there will be no female, no male in heaven. So it's impossible that there were female angels. I just want to say to everybody, I cannot change my story 
to fit one doctrine from anything. It, it's just exactly how I experience it. When the Bible says that there is no man or woman, it doesn't mean that there will be no female or male in heaven. It says that it doesn't matter anymore because actually, and I can shock many people, but in that world, we are firstly made of light. So we can take the form, the gender we want in that world. And, but I have definitely seen some female and some male. In my first NDE, there were definitely male angels that came to me, pick me up and there was absolutely male. So, uh, so I just wanna say that it is possible. And uh, because I, I lived it, I experienced it. And I know people don't know me, but I'm a very genuine and honest person. I wouldn't just change my, my experience for, you know, I just want to, to bring as much accuracy as possible. So Jesus said to those angels, go back to your mothers. And when he said that, I turned around and I saw the most beautiful, the most gorgeous, amazingly beautiful, big, women angels, they were so tall. Uh, they were about nine feet tall, but they were magnificent. They were in the white long robe and some had pastel colors. They were, they had long hair until the knees, to the knees. Of, they were from all variation of shade and colors. And uh, they were just the most magnificent, glowing, everything. They were glowing outside their body too, because they were made initially of pure light. And they look at me with, with so much love and kindness and respect and um, reverence. Because in that world, we all have reverence for one another. We all respect every single being in that world. And we see every single being as higher as our, than ourselves in that world. And they look at me with so much reverence. I, I just still up to this day, I think it was because Jesus was next to me <laughs> that there was that reverence. Uh, but all I know as well is that in that world with my first NDE, we, we all treat each other with extremely high reverence and respect and kindness. And uh, so they, they told me telepathically because everything that happened until now in that experience that I had, everything was telepathic. Everything was from mind to mind and even better from knowing to knowing. It was instant from knowing to knowing, we didn't have to have words or the thought did not have to go from their thoughts to our mind. It was almost simultaneously that we feel we knew, we understood everything that was conveyed. And uh, that's when those angels told me, um, Yvonne, and you remember I was just in that very difficult time of my life and they said to me with all kindness and respect, Yvonne, you are one of us. We will never harm you. We will never hurt you. You're one of us. You're home. And when they said that, uh, Karina, that's when I decided I didn't want to come back to Earth. 
you know, it was like just the love and like, you know, like the, the, the picture of that, that soldier, it's, it was just, I, my parents were, uh, I never was raised with my parents. They were, they, they parked my two sister and I in a high level fancy all girl boarding school, Catholic boarding school. Uh, but we never saw them for nine years. They paid for us, they paid double so that we could stay uh, during the vacation uh, in, in the boarding school. We were the only three girls staying for every vacation, every summer vacation in the boarding school. So we, we didn't, I didn't know what real parental love was. Uh, and uh, so, and then when they divorced later on in life, they just, uh, they just, each of them never took care of us. So we actually were just the three of us together. So when they said, you're home, you're one of us, we'll never harm you, we'll never hurt, we'll never hurt you. That, that came deeply in my, in my heart. I mean, it was like a, a, and I don't want to cry about that, but it was a deep healing uh, from, from my life to receive so much love. At that moment, I, I said to Jesus that I didn't want to come back to earth. I said, listen, I'm home here, Jesus. Uh, I, I don't want to go back to earth. That planet is such a difficult one. I know that actually I had told Jesus before I saw the angel, I already told him I didn't want to come back to earth because that planet was such a violent one. It was a very difficult planet. Earth was a, a planet where people are self, there are many, <laughs> many people, I'm not saying everybody and certainly not the, my listeners here, but there are many, many people that were very selfish and self-centered that didn't care less about others. And I could not relate to that world. Uh, this was home and I wanted to stay home. I wanted to stay there uh, and I couldn't relate. And I had already told Jesus as well that if you send me back to earth, I'll be beyond exhaustion. I'll be beyond exhaustion. And when the angel told me that I'm home, I can stay there. I insisted with Jesus, I said, you, you cannot send me back there. And I even told him that actually my body was, was broken on earth. My body was broken and it could not put my, my, I couldn't go back into that body, into that vehicle. And that actually it was bro broken beyond repair. And that actually, if he sends me back, I'll be beyond exhaustion. I, I couldn't do it. And when I said that to him, in, he, he actually didn't say, okay, you can stay here, welcome home. And I'm so thankful he never said that because I don't know what my daughter would have become without me in this country alone. Uh, so um, eventually he lifted himself in the air and he actually uh, um, said to me, Yvonne, I'm going to give you my life. Um, I'm going to give you my power, my, my strength, my energy of life. And that's when he filled me with that amazing, sparkling, life-giving, gold, light, gold, as wet, dry, I don't know how to say that, sparkling energy all over my bone, within my bones, my, uh, my cells, uh, my bones, my nerves, my muscles, everything I was, that energy filled me, that energy of life. I think he had to give me that because I couldn't go back 
to earth. So he had to re-energize me actually in a way because my, my battery was gone. And, and that's what helped me come back to earth. And he also showed me, he said to me, and that's the end of the, the experience, but he said to me, after that, he came back down and he said, Yvonne, I wanna show you how much I love everyone and everyone. I love my babies. I love humanity. He, Christ is love. I mean, he is love. He is God's love. So, so I mean, it makes sense that everything that is loved by him, by him, and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it made total sense. And, and that's the moment he took my heart and he put my heart in his heart. And at that moment we became one. He blended my heart with his heart, like in a blender. <laughs> and his heart, I was him, he was my, me. We were one, we merged together as one. And for a few seconds, he enabled me to be him so I could feel every single ounce, every single drop, every single end of love, passion, and unconditional, unending, unlimited love Christ has for everyone in the world, everyone in every planet, in every galaxy, in every dimension, in every place, and not only for us human, but for animals, for nature, for everything that has been created. Because I have to say that while he was talking to me, I could feel that whole, his entire being was pulsating life. He was pulsating energy of life. It's almost like he was creating, as he was talking to me, he was creating life. It's extremely impressive. He was half a mile high when he did that. And imagine I'm inside that being, and I feel that, and there's so much uh, in that happened in that moment, but that actually I can explain in human words because it's not from this world. And once he, I had that merge, he kind of demerged me. And I knew my time was up and I came back to earth. I'm sorry if I kept going, Karina, but it's oh, almost like I can't stop. When I talk about my experience, I can't stop. I, I'm, I'm in it and I apologize if I didn't let you speak. Or Not at all, Yvonne. No, uh, there's a reason that I really wanted to get you on the show at this particular moment in in time and, and this planetary moment as well. And uh, my listeners will know that I've, I've been quite consumed with life and lots of things and my, my podcast uh, schedule has fallen away and I'm determined to address that and beginning with really wanting to share your story just in these days before Christmas, before the end of the year and listening to you has affirmed every reason why I wanted to do that and why I, and why I do this podcast in general, you know, it is these stories um, encapsulate hope and and love in a way that nothing else does. And as you've just so eloquently put it, it's very difficult to describe because the experience is not of this world. And yet I am so grateful to you and your fellow near-death experiences who go to every effort to translate that language that really does not have a parallel here into words that we can embrace and bring into our lives and hearts and 
you know, in a way, they work a little bit like what um, Jesus gave to you in that moment, that re-energizing, that reinvigoration. And <laughs> and you've given us that today. So please, no need to apologize. I'm just so d- delighted that you shared that with us today. And I do have questions. <laughs> but oh. um, before I ask you, um, just picking up on some of the points that you brought up, I just wanted to ask if you could share what happened next. So you you woke up, you had taken these uh, tablets. Yes. When I woke up, I was, uh, but for this one here, it's not like I woke up. Uh, it is more that all the, uh, I felt when, when I felt with Jesus that my time was up, I, I really felt that I, that I was coming down, that my spirit was coming out of that realm and coming through every single dimensions of existence. And my spirit came down and I, I, I felt my spirit reintegrate my body. Uh, so, and then I like, like, you know, switch like a whooping effect. And I felt that I reintegrate from the head. I reintegrated my body and I was back in. You know, when you wake up, you were sleeping and you wake up. This one is uh, when, when you have an, a near-death experience, you actually, your spirit is no longer there. So you kind of come back. And that's what happened to me. And when I was, and I said, oh my gosh, what did ha- just happen to me? I was so excited also because I had spent, since I was 25 years old, I became, you know, I, I found faith when I was 25 years old. Uh, I had left every kind of faith after my boarding school because the nuns uh, had given me such traumatic experiences in that boarding school that I didn't want to believe to anything when after that. But uh, when I was 25, I came back to, to believe in, in Christ for me. That was my experience. Everybody has a different spiritual experience. Uh, my experience was uh, coming back to spirituality through Christ. So for me, and I was very active in church when that experience happened to me. So I was very excited that it happened. Often, you know, oftentimes people are, when they come back from a near-death experience, they are very sad because they wanted to be in the afterlife and they don't want to be here back. Uh, I, I wasn't sad because... I, I knew that I had my faith to support me. I had that already a spiritual uh, support around me for me to, to, to handle my experience. Many people never were never spiritual at all. And then suddenly they have their, this amazingly spiritual experience because the other world is all, a, it's the spirit world. And, and then they come back here in an environment that's extremely opposite of of what they are experiencing there. And it's very traumatic for them and they are very isolated. Uh, but as a matter of fact, I have a friend in Australia uh, who came one day to an IANS conference, to a near-death uh, conference here in the US. And he had had an NDE when he was, or a, a spiritual transformative experience when he was 24. And he wasn't able to talk to anybody for for years about it, and he ended up in a very deep um, depression. 
and that's happening a lot with near-death experiencers is that the experience was more vivid, more alive than earth because when you are in that world, you feel that you were dreaming here, here, the life here was a big dream that you wake up from. And you, you know, you really feel like, oh, it was a dream. It looks like it was a dream. You have so much more senses and everything is much more a bigger reality and it takes precedent to the reality here. So when we come back, experiences come back, it's hard to reintegrate this reality knowing that there is a better and more important one that where the, it's really them. And here becomes more like a play or a scenario they're in that they have to be in to understand what love is, to grow in the spiritual understanding of, of love and to grow spiritually as well in the knowledge. Uh, so it is very traumatic, but for me, I was, because I was happy, it was, you know, as a Christian, you, you love Christ, you love God, you love, and then eventually you are in that world. It's like a big, a huge gift. It's like a Christmas gift. <laughs> so I, I felt honored. I felt honored because I know that many experiencers that believe in Christ go to heaven when they die and come back and they don't see Christ. They see their relatives, they see angels, but not everybody sees Christ. So for me, it was like a huge honor and I couldn't believe I had received that honor. And uh, I have to say that some non-Christians see Jesus too, uh, yeah. some Buddhist or some Jewish can see, so everybody or some, it doesn't in that world because Christ is not, Jesus is not the Jesus of the Christian church. Jesus is, is the love of everybody. That's what I want. He loves everybody. He's not limited. That's what I meant. He's not limited. That's what I meant. It's not limited. His love is for everything and everybody. Love is love. Uh, it's not regarding one religion or one philosophy. Uh, when you connect to, to love, to, the, to God, and you, you connect to creator and Christ is love too, his love. Uh, it's hard to explain. I've been, I bathed in love so, oh. with him. So it's just like, for me, so it, I came back where I had some difficulty coming back for me was go, when I went to church uh, was uh, some of the teaching uh, that I could not resonate with anymore. The teaching where uh, there's condemnation and guilt tripping uh, in, you know, feel on, on some of the, on, on the message. And that, I, you know, if I would listen to the pastor saying, um, and Jesus will come and he will, he will, with his stick, he will just split the mean and, and he will be angry and he will, you know, throw you in, in the fire. And, you know, I, I would listen to that. <laughs> I would listen to that and say, no, he would never do that, you know. <laughs> And what about in terms of your arrhythmia, you know, you had that amazing moment where you were infused with life-giving properties with the very force of life and love and creation. Did that translate into your physical life and your physical health? Were you able to summon a new 
energy for life and and did you experience a physical healing from from that did you need to continue taking those tablets so thank you for asking that question karina because when i came back i i was uh, from those two uh, mde i was completely healed i never had after that that experience i never had uh, arrhythmia anymore and uh, i was healed uh, so that is a big uh, evidence that something had happened. Yeah. And uh, so I was healed. I had a total renewed energy for life and to raise my daughter. I also extended my understanding. I was no longer limiting uh, God uh, to, I knew other people, other friends of mine that had near that experiences had other stories that were not connected with uh, with my faith, but they were as valid as mine. You see, uh, so we it was. I I went from being religious to being spiritual. I was embracing every other uh, uh, you know philosophy of people to connect with, because ultimately it's to connect with God, connect with the light. Uh, you know, the, we, we can say the light, we can say God, we can say the higher self, we can say the source. It's all the same thing that we are calling in different names because our words have to find, our, we have to find words. But words, what are words? Mm. Words are just a translation of an energy thought, you know, so we are just translating that energy thought in different ways. <laughs> Yes, and any kind of label, whether it be Christian, Buddhist, atheist, they're all human constructs. And, you know, it's the human that has that tribalistic mentality. It's not um, in that spiritual realm as you experienced. That's very powerful, that, that shift that took place in you after that, Yvonne. Yeah, and... And I don't, you know, I still love, I've met a lot of extremely loving people in, in the church. I'm not trying to condemn people because I have so many friends. I'm just not condemning that. I'm condemning, I'm not condemning, I'm removing myself from uh, the acceptance of anger and hurting and harming other beings because we have absolutely no rights. Uh, we are all loved at the same intensity and level as God, love every one of us uh, at the same intensity. We are, we have no right to, uh, to control other beings' life. You were born free. God has made us free to, to work and love and live together, but there is no, uh, the control is a human construct uh, that is actually originated in fear and ego and power because we all have an ego when we are in this human body uh, and that ego is needed uh, to make mistakes <laughs> so uh, and then to grow because we and ego is important for us to realize we exist but when it is uh, in an unbalanced way in in us when we are when we have too much ego then it becomes detrimental to others and uh, but sometimes through that ego, we, we go through, we do some errors in life and those errors help us grow spiritually. And in that sense, it's useful, not when it is, 
exacerbated. <laughs> yes, when it's taken to its extremes and yeah. that's when, you know, we could argue that horrific events unfold such as wars and and all sorts of things. So one of the one of the words or the themes that came up in your story speaking of why our planet and our world is in this state it's in, uh, one of the themes that came up was reverence and it seems to me that reverence is so sorely lacking in our world at the moment we don't revere and respect each other and I, I was wondering if you could just share a little bit on, of thoughts around that very beautiful idea of reverence and how it's missing in our world today yeah oh absolutely my dear Karina when we come to earth we all come to earth we, we exist before anyway, we exist already in the light, uh, in that world, and we come to earth and we are, we are actually put in those bodies to, to learn. We, come, we think that earth is actually everything that we are taught, all the social uh, concepts are the, the real ones, but actually these are concepts uh, that we have created as human to function and it doesn't mean they are the best concepts, uh, but it's what the human has created to make this world function. So as soon as we are a child and we want to give that, that love and that uh, amazement of which, uh, you know, we are immediately scolded or, or, or castrated by our you know, by by society, you cannot do that. You have to stop to do that. A child's dream, no. So we are all being, um, and I will say that with some measure, imagine a spirit that comes from that world of perfection and reverence and come here. Everything that is negative will be like a mini trauma. Mm. Uh, that is, in, you know, as if we compare of where they came from. So... We all through life, through all the years of life we go through, uh, we are traumatized by others, we are mistreated. We mistreat others because we are mistreated and now we have learned to protect our own emotion. At first we give ourselves, we get hurt by others, we get betrayed uh, by others. Uh, we are, you know, and, and all those Emotion, it's, I would say that we are in survival mode uh, in a way on earth. We have to survive. Uh, we're in survival mode in the sense that um, if you don't work, if you don't, you, you will never have a home or food. Imagine what world we are in. Uh, so we have, we all learn to, to fight in a way. To get to to get what we we want or to for the survival, you know, our inner heart becomes hard. We harden our hearts. Our heart becomes hard of stones in a way towards others because we need to survive for our own, and that is the world today. And that's why, uh, with time and with centuries and and even now, combined with all the pleasures and all the everything is done to think of ourselves be, before others. Uh, everything in society is done like that and, and the sufferings we have gone through. So we become those adults that are bitter or hardened, have tons and tons of wounds inside us because of oh, whether it's at work or uh, whether it's with friends and life and, and daily interaction, there's a lot of aggression. We are aggressed. Yeah. So people actually are 
uh, less inclined to do that, to, to be nice to others. And, and that's where it would be so wonderful to be able to say, okay, why don't we open up again? Uh, and for the people that suffer, because we have beautiful souls that are all trying to be really kind uh, on, an, on a daily basis, and uh, they are considered weak. Uh, it's almost like the, the mentality has shifted now. If you're kind and loving, you are weak. Uh, and it's the value, the, the value of heaven have now been put as not as the, the wrong value on earth. Uh, if you're kind, loving, giving, helpful, you will be taken advantage of because you're considered weak. And I'm just sharing that to explain that that's the state we are in today, but we can, we can change that when, you, when we are aware of the fact that uh, we are not just living on earth, we are those amazing beings experiencing a life of where we can grow with love we if everyone everyone needs to change and i think the the experience it's hard to explain i have a hard time explaining it but when you're a near that experiencer i do think that those experiences are made more and more more and more public mm. because it's almost like the the world is becoming so hard we are almost like missionary from the afterlife saying to people come on there's a better world don't give up don't think that's the end of it don't think that the survival mode you're living it is the end of it there's a magnificent world ahead of you uh, you come from an incredible world you just forgot it uh, to be able to go through this experience but believe me just be encouraged uh, you are not alone. You're never alone. There are some people, beings in the afterlife in, in that world that are cheering you on. It's extremely heroic to accept to come to Earth. It's one of the hardest planets to come uh, because in that light world, of course, there's not only Earth where you can go, you can go to all those different worlds and planets, but Earth is one of the hardest ones. So just give yourself credit for being on earth and and you know it's heroic to come on earth it's a very difficult planet to be in and you know i was always dreaming that imagine in, in that world in heaven or in the world of light or uh, everybody there when because we keep living we are not just standing there as spirit we keep living organizing doing things we love experiencing things we love and that world everybody and all the spirits are teaming together to help one soul one spirit accomplish what they want to accomplish in that world and everybody is teaming together to help that one soul accomplish in this world it's the opposite usually people usually we we human we use everybody else to to help us accomplish what we want to accomplish and imagine a world where it would be the opposite where actually the social concept would be we are all there to cheer each other on and we are helping each and everyone accomplish their own purpose we would live in an extremely advanced society. There would be no lag. There would be no hunger, no misery. 
uh, we would be extremely successful and probably a much more advanced planet that can actually maybe have more interaction with the afterlife <laughs> because wow. we would be too advanced, you know. I love that. I love that. And I'm with you. I, I believe that that potential is there and it's possible. And I love what you said about uh, near-death experiences being like missionaries from the afterlife. I just find that exquisite. And I've, I've often pondered that idea myself, just thinking about the enormous kind of influx of uh, NDE stories at the moment. You know, they've, it's just increased. And now at the moment, it just seems like everywhere you turn, there's another story. And it does seem like they have a role to fill. Oh, yes, uh, I agree with you. It almost feel like, you know, the world was going so bad uh, that people need to still stay connected to, to, to hope. Uh, that Because if we think that there is no life after this one, many people would just sink into depression but when you know there isn't there's something else that's going to happen it gives everyone hope and courage to just keep going and i do and i think because you know most of the people that had a near-death experience have that love and love aspect and and want to share their story and i do think that maybe this is a way a way to help humanity to think, okay, there's still, because a lot of religion, people, many people are turning away from religion. Uh, and really, and I'm not criticizing religion because I think religion is an amazing way to stay connected with God when it is done in the most honest way of your heart. So there, it's, there's a lot of good to it uh, because when you, you stay connected to a God, you think there is good somewhere. So you want to be good. You want to know how to be good. You want to know how to love. You want to know what is the, this whole life about. So there's a lot of good in being connected to your own faith, you know, whatever your faith is. But there, because of the pressure of, of life and the difficulty nowadays, people are kind of losing that even that connection. And maybe that's a way for us to, sit, to, to come and say there's more, there's more. Uh, there's more, there's more. I so more. agree with you, Yvonne. There is a philosopher or an author who has spoken about the God-shaped hole in in humans. And I I really feel that that's the case. And our connection to spirit, to that wider dimension, to that creative source is so, so important. And thinking back to what you were told in your experience about the root of racism being self-centeredness, well, hearing you share just now about the role of religion when it's at its its highest, when it's at its best, it is taking us out of that self-centeredness, isn't it? It's inviting us to to think of others and not just other people, but the planet and nature and the animals and everything, you know? So that that's where it can do so much good to take us out of that self-centeredness. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so beautiful what you just said, Karina, uh, to take us out uh, of that self is not only for, but for everything, for nature and everything. Yes. Yes, I, I totally, I'm with you there. <laughs> I'm with you there. When you know that there is an afterlife, you have a sense of peace coming on you. Um, I do those 
French YouTube videos because I feel that they're in in the English language. Look at you uh, bringing bringing the near death experience in Australia. This is so fantastic. The the concept and Karina, this is so, and bringing all the spiritual reality in Australia. This is so fantastic. You're also a missionary <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you are a missionary for the good, for the love, uh, and uh, so. However, in the French language, it's so limited. Uh, all that literature and those information, we they don't have much. And there are not that many French-speaking people that, under, that understand English. Uh, and we know that we have French in French Canada, France, Belgium, Switzerland. Half of Africa is French as well. So, uh, and some in the Pacific as well. So we have a whole lot of French-speaking people that need to hear also that there's to be encouraged. And uh, I have started those uh, YouTube video in French and it's absolutely not to boast myself or anything, but I feel so moved when I see how much it gives them hope just to listen to it. And, and that is, I guess, my mission is to help others, you know, be encouraged and feel feel that unconditional love that heaven has for them. It's very beautiful, Yvonne. I am conscious of time ticking, so I am going to begin to wind this up. You've been so kindly generous with your time. One thing I do want to just say as we approach the end is that within your story, something a theme that emerges is one that so many of us can relate to. And it's, as you said, we are each uh, walking around in this life uh, sheltering our pains and our wounds and our traumas and you you know you had the, the traumatic childhood of not seeing your parents for nine years so parents who provided for you materialistically but not with that human connection that you so craved and it's so very beautiful that within your experience you had that sense of parent, ultimate parental love I just found that absolutely so poignant and moving and I just wondered uh, what message would you like to share for those of us who, who have those similar wounds of, you know, having experienced parents who were absent either physically, emotionally, or who caused us harm physically, emotionally, in whatever respect they might have done? How can we perhaps begin to um, move beyond that? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it is true that so many have that in and I feel so sad for everyone that has gone through traumatic experiences like that. All I can say is that before we come to earth, if we choose a traumatic or difficult life on earth, we take upon us a very big mission of understanding God's love. I know that if you haven't had an NDE, it's hard to comprehend. So. I would recommend anyone who has suffered from traumatic childhood or, or traumatic in every way uh, to just uh, separate the wounds that have been inflicted from the love that God or light has and say that you're tremendous love, you're more loved than the wounds those people have done to you. When I was in Jesus' arms, 
Christ is very protective. Light is very protective. God is very protective. And these wounds that you have uh, are actually able to be healed if you just, just turn towards the light and, and give all those uh, wounds that you have one by one back and said, I've been wounded. I haven't been hurt. I haven't been loved. I just give it all to you. And I take the light, the healing of your light inside me. I take the healing of, of the light inside each and every wound. I am loved. I am cherished. Maybe not by those parents that were probably themselves wounded souls and wounded spirits. But you can detach you from them and, and know that your real parents, your real soul, your real love uh, is above and that you will be comforted, you will be, you will be comforted and you will be cherished and healed. Just love and then learn to love yourself. Uh, I know that a lot of time when we've been wounded by parents and by uh, parental uh, figures, um, like we have, like I have, the self-esteem is totally destroyed. And for some reason we will let others destroy ourselves remember that remember if i can leave something is that please remember that you're an, a magnificent inter eternal spirit you are so amazing so powerful so beautiful and so loved by the entire heaven and uh so remember that and that can boost your self-esteem back up there because if somebody has damaged it you know that it was only a human but that heaven is restoring it that into your heart and into your life oh Yvonne thank you so very much I cannot think of a more beautiful message to end on today I want to thank you so very much for joining us on Spirit Sisters today. I feel like we could have continued talking well into the night. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to have to get you back on the show next year to share because I know you have a lot more to share and you are such a beautifully wise and kind-hearted soul. I just love that you're sharing your energy with us and that you're doing your videos in French as well, reaching as many people as possible. Please share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your work. I actually, well, they can Google me on, they can actually check on YouTube by looking in Yvonne Sneeden. Uh, I have a website called liveheaven-now.com, liveheavennow.com. But if you can put it in the in the in your it will be helpful live i will live heaven dash now.com live heaven dash now.com and i will also put the youtube link to your videos and your work it's just been the utmost pleasure i wish you a very happy festive season yvonne safe and happy and yes let's please stay in touch and reconnect on the spirit sisters show next year as well if you're up for that Oh, thank you so much, Karen. I'm, I'm honored that you would like to have me a second time. And I, I'm, I'm happy to, to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> How wonderful. Well, all the love to you, Yvonne, and thank you again. Thank you too, so much. And thank you to everyone. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. And don't forget to rate and review the show. Have an experience you'd like to share with me? Get in touch at my website, karinamachado.com, 
or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. After all, there's nothing more powerful than a story. Mm-hmm.